Uh, welcome along. Monday evening's off the ball. Joe Malloy with you. Now, at his current rate of scoring, Erling Haaland will score 72 Premier League goals this season. He probably won't score 72 Premier League goals, but we are looking at a phenomenon. Pat Nevin, Miguel Delaney, Andy Mitten all on tonight's show. He may score 72 Premier League goals. We can't rule it out just yet. Monday Night Rugby with Jerry Thornley and Liam Toland is on the way. 53106 is the text number. You'll get us at off the ball on Twitter. Richie McCormack, hello. Even Joe. Mate McCarthy, hello. Hello. I'm trying to there think. I'm trying to take it to myself. Could he get 72? What's the record? Probably about 31 or 2? Two. 2. 32? Yeah. Uh, Mo Salah, 32. Andy Cole at 34, but it, there were more games in the season. 42 game season. Yeah. Okay. 32. All right. Well, even for, I even say, I say 34 is in danger. Like, so I did that thing that people will be talking about when let's not get into fancy football, where I was like, everyone will have Haaland as captain. They're playing against United. It'll be tight. Salah back from a bit of a break. You know, I'll make him captain. I'll try and get like a, a, a little jump on the opposition. And it's like, Every time you make a decision like that, Haaland just like makes a fool of you. Mm. And it's like you're 20 minutes into that game yesterday just going, why do, why do I never think? Now, it doesn't matter who he's playing. Yeah, This guy's just going to score. And he's doing, and then he adds two assists to his hat-trick yesterday. So he's unstoppable. He's just unbelievable. And he's made Kevin De Bruyne look like the player that we've all thought Kevin De Bruyne <laughs> finally has going to. Yeah, there's, there's that Kevin De Bruyne we've been waiting for, uh, 32-year-old or whatever he is. It was quite something, his uh, ball for Haaland, which never looked on. Oh, it's beautiful. For the first goal. The one where usually he'd, he crossed it in and Haaland has this elastic stretch and hits the bouncing ball in, where usually you'd say De Bruyne should be a bit wider and there should be a more inviting channel yeah. to whip it into. No, you're This was like, right. oh, it's not really on. Oh, yeah, it was great vision, great execution, but also Haaland, right place, always. That's that's the thing we take for a given for him. But it was actually a really well-controlled finish as well, wasn't it? So you know, good. like, as in, like, oh. that's, that ball's bouncing up and he just gets his foot over it with the outside of his foot. Totally. It wasn't like a half volley, which is much easier. That that bounced about four feet before it reached him. That yeah. is tough. I mean, for the Haalands right the way through, Richie, a perfect day. Alfie being left hanging for a high five was the only uh, <laughs> difficult moment for the family. Yeah, it's great great to see him uh, knocking around. And I know apparently he's feeding the young fella lasagna as well before every game, which is uh, clearly doing the trick as well. Um, God, it's 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 actually incredible mm. to watch a player like that in their pomp at the moment because, I don't know, I, I don't really feel like we've had one probably probably since uh, Cristiano Ronaldo probably rose to, to prominence and turned into that amazing goal scorer. Have we had somebody who, when a chance falls their way, are you so absolutely sure that they're going to convert it and if they don't then they probably will get the next one and he's he's, he's unstoppable but to mix point i i don't think it should be undersold the uptick in form that kevin de bruyne has shown having someone like Haaland to be on the end of these balls it's like Haaland was almost bought as a present for de bruyne to go listen we know you're capable of these you're capable of these amazing passes and these amazing through balls we've got you the ideal person to have on the end of them we've got your erling Haaland. And Kevin De Bruyne just rubbed his hands and said, "Yes, stretch your limits." Be to God, Kevin. and he has—he's stepped up as well, even like to even greater levels than he probably has already reached. He's one of the Premier League's best ever midfielders. Yeah, and from minute one, I mean, Manchester United were just so overawed. We can get into all that with Pat Nevin and Andy Mitten and Miguel Delaney, even Jack Grealish. I was like, "Our boy's back," you know. Our he was, boy. He was taking players on. The crowd were responding. Dallow's booked after 2.5 seconds of the game. And it was like, Grealish has even kind of got his mojo back. And like, Foden's a freak. 
as well. Yeah, Foden. Oh my God. Like, Foden was unbelievable yesterday. But like, Grealish, and probably the third best player, hilariously, like for someone who got a hat-trick, you know. But Grealish, I always feel like he's on trial with everything he does, you know. So it's like, when he takes on a man, you're like, that's the Jack Grealish I want to see. But eventually he's tackling, you're like, oh, Pep's going to kill him for that. <laughs> you know? but, it, but I felt there were a few times where he took on players and had a bit of a, I'm going to have a Maisie. Yeah. And the crowd after he lost the ball didn't give him the groan. No, they didn't. They almost, it was like, balls. I remember at yeah. one point for something where it was like, I thought it was almost quite poor, but it was, he'd given it a go. It was early in the second half. I think they're letting him know, whatever Pep's saying to you. <laughs> Don't mind him. You've got our back. You take him on because we're sick of watching those past teams to be at death. We need a bit of Jack in there. Can I just bring, bring back to Al Fingerhalland for a second? Because yeah. I was watching him yesterday, camera going to, now fair enough, he's probably not at every game, whatever, but the camera panned to him a lot. And I'm thinking to myself, do you remember we were talking a few weeks ago about poor Casper Schmeichel always being compared to his father and he's like a man in his 30s with a wife and children. Yeah. I was like, but at least his dad was Peter Schmeichel. Surely we're at the stage now where Erling Haaland has so surpassed anything his father did in football Ball, that we need to start forget like we need to stop saying the last person to uh, the last person to score in a two-all draw involving Man City and uh, you know Nottingham Forest actually was uh, Alf Ingeholland. I wonder can uh, Erling uh, you know uh, make oh, like it just we need we need to start forgetting about the fact that his father was a relatively like possibly most famous for journeyman. being on the end of Robert. he's a, absolutely a journeyman. I think now though it's now it's gone from like. When Casper's there and they, and they cut to Peter and it's like, oh, there's, you know, he's son of Peter. Mm. It's now cutting to the crowd to almost be like, look at the joy on this father's face seeing yeah. his son being a god. It's not like, oh, there's uh, the dad. You know, he'll always be in his father's shadow. It's more like <laughs> it's not that he's in his shadow, but it's the fact that we even like associate. He, he's at the point now where we shouldn't even remember who his dad is. You but know, it's, it's it's. I think it is. Okay, the high five moment was was funny, but I think it is amazing. Like if you've created this freak of nature, <laughs> usually they don't cut to the parents in the crowd because you don't actually. We don't know who the parents are, what they look yeah. like. Whereas Unless because it's like Judy Murray, Judy Murray. <laughs> Alfie has just Judy Murray. enough profile. <laughs> Alfie has just enough profile that, we're, we, that we know and they cut to him. Yeah. But I think actually, if you think about it, wouldn't it have been an amazing thing if they cut to so many players' parents? Anytime I yeah, interview, anytime true. I interview any sports person, I love talking to them about their families because they're generally very normal. And this like one in a trillion thing has happened to their family, and it's a tornado, and they're just on the journey. And mm. you know, they're like even the recent Arsenal documentary had uh, the goalkeeper's parents. Goalkeeper Ramsdale, Ramsdale, and like the amazing thing is like his parents don't even like football, never watch football. Yeah, and now they're at every game before and warming up and waving at him. Oh, and but when he came on that time, or he was picked as Leno was dropped or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, it was yeah. like about the fourth or fifth game of the season, and they were they they only got the news and they were already in the players. Yeah. Lounge or whatever it's They're called. Celebrating, yeah, jumping up and down. And I said, that is, you know, some of the most kind of interesting theatre of the whole thing. So Alfie, the Judy Murray of the situation, has just enough profile that we're like, OK, I can, I can, I can live with you cutting to him. But for me, it's not so much. It's not the Schmeichel thing. It's like, yeah, imagine going, it's my boy. Who was the South African swimmer that Claire Baldwin interviewed? And uh, he just kept screaming. To, it was like it was like Daniel Day Lewis and there will be blood. He's like, it's my boy, <laughs> it's my boy. You know, he's screaming to Claire Baldin. Look what my boy did. He's so beautiful. Yeah, uh, his name will come to me. Richie, do you remember the swimmer? And his oh, dad, like this, it yeah, went I'm viral. He's like, oh my boy, he's so beautiful. And just the parents' joy as a little, um, you know, an extra an extra kind of uh, bow on the Highland experience is fine by me. You're trying to Google that swimmer now, right? I am, and I'm, I'm, having, no I'm having no success with it. But uh, 
phone's on the table. No, I see what you mean about um, I see what you mean about Alfie. We spent too much time talking about Alfie already. Yeah, no, true. Yeah, and then that, that was, I suppose, my point is that I'm definitely hearing more about like the the goals he scored for Man City and stuff, all four of them, and I'm hearing a lot about his career. I think I think your point as uh, seeing the parents' view and us not getting the chance to do that yeah. with other sporting achievements is well taken, Joe. And, and I, I, I retract my comment about enough. Alfie. No, and, and to be honest, I laboured the point actually. But if if it cuts to Peter Schmeichel and he's got his arms crossed watching Casper make a save, that's fine. Like Alfie's losing his mind. You know, it's great. <laughs> that's half the fun, yeah. you know. He doesn't remind you at all, though, of um, in uh, Creed Two. Where, uh, what's the name of the Rocky Four fighter? I've completely drawn Even Drago, there. Even Even Drago, Drago yeah. brings his son to get revenge on Rocky by beating Apollo, Adonis Creed. No? Ivan Drago's son fights Apollo's son. Yeah. Don't you I haven't know. seen it, no. But Ivan uh, Drago is in it. And uh, oh, he, that's right, he's yeah, like, yeah. you know, they've had a terrible life since Rocky Four. But you feel like, you know, oh, Manchester know. United slash Roy Keane did this. To Alfinger Holland, and you know, and then he's come back with this I might actually watch freak that. of nature. Ivan fell on hard times after losing to Rocky. Yeah, well, yeah. like in fairness, like you saw the, you know, he was he was propped up by the state in full was Ivan Drago. Yeah. Until Rocky ended communism at the end of that fight. Indeed. Therefore, Which crumbling bad news Ivan for Drago's Ivan. life around him. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, it was. Yeah. I mean, for all the ter- terrors that you know the country was enduring, at least Ivan Drago had it made, and now you know he had to put up with the tumbling of the new world order. So if, if Rocky in this sense is Roy Keane yeah. and Manchester United is his creed, then, is you it, know, you know Erling has been brought back yeah. to take Manchester United down yeah, single-handedly. So yeah, I'm yeah. just saying that they kind of look like each other. That's probably the main I, thing. I, I think Manchester United in this instance make her punching themselves in the face more than they're being punched, to be honest. Speaking of Roy Keane and Haaland, Alfie, yeah. a lot of like pre-match speculation of a rapprochement on the sideline pre-game. Did you see all this? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. Because we had Nathan and Brian Kerr at the game and uh, we were doing check-in with Nathan at one o'clock and they're, how you doing? What's it like? He's like, forget all that. Here's what's in front of me. On the TV, on the halfway line, are Sky and about 20 yards to the right, Norwegian TV and Alfie oh, Halland. And they were, I mean, w- within a 20-yard distance from each other. And apparently, I don't know how true it is or not, it might have been a bit clickbaity, but apparently one of the broadcasters Proposed the idea of will we do a little, and uh, no chance was the uh, response from from which side. We Both don't know was the suggestion. Okay, because actually, um, I, you'd find it on YouTube. Alfie, even though it's the other leg that ended his career, is very much of the opinion that that tackle was a very le- very significant. Yeah, the keen tackle, and that you know if you're if you're one leg is taken that there can be an effect on the other leg you know the impact is not just felt in just that where the stud hit that one knee yeah so well, it's the retraining and everything else yeah yeah and who, and who knows and I, I'm not a medical expert and I, I don't know the nature of the injury but uh, certainly there would be a frostiness on his side absolutely towards Keane and I don't think Keane's of the mind to walk over and no. <laughs> hope well he's still probably frosty about the probably, the yeah, initial yeah. initial uh, but that's another uh, aspect of the Haaland circus is you know Sky TV and Norwegian TV following them around for the next 30 <laughs> matches. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, dear. God. We should press on. We should press on. So, news round is as ever with thanks to Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. And, Richie, bad news for the uh, Irish rugby team. Few injuries from the weekend. 
yeah, worrying news on the injury front with the Autumn International is just a month away. Ulster's Jacob Stockdale has been sent for an MRI after suffering an ankle injury in Friday's defeat to Leinster. Ulster have been keen to stress that the injury is not connected to the one which kept Stockdale on the sidelines for a year. Meanwhile, Leinster have confirmed that Jemison Gibson Park sustained a hamstring injury in training last week and will definitely miss this weekend's visit of the South Sea Sharks to the RDS. He's yet to play this season. Meanwhile, Caelan Doris continues to observe the return to play protocols, having suffered a head injury against Benetton. That was over a week ago now. Both Ronan Kelleher and Dave Kearney will be assessed this week with respective hamstring and adductor injuries. Leinster have won each of their three matches so far this season, but Jordan Larmer says they need to improve on closing out games. Yeah, it is probably something that we need to work on. I think probably... Um, you know, the last 30, last 20 minutes of the game, that's when it's really crucial. And in the past, you know, we've kind of, we've played poorly in the last 20, last 30 minutes of a game. So it is an area that we're aware of and where we need to get better. Um, especially in the bigger games when, you know, those, those are the big moments that you need to be winning. So it's something we have talked about, but um, look, we'll be looking to improve it. You know, and it comes down to probably just the basics you know, getting our set piece right, playing in the right parts of the field and I suppose keeping whoever we're playing at an arm's length. John in Dublin, speaking of sporting parents, remember the BBC cameras cutting away to Tim Henman's father at Wimbledon, always wearing a really good suit, looking like he'd spent the morning at his desk in the city and always looking slightly nonplussed about why his son was bothering with the tennis nonsense instead of getting a real job. See, I don't actually remember. Uh, 100%. 100%. Do you, you, you ever see one of those age apps thing where you like you, you take a picture of your face and it shows you what you look like at the age of 75? That's what Tim Hemmons' dad always looked like. It's as if someone ran Tim's face yeah. through the age face app and then made him into a 75-year-old. But he always did look pretty stern and of uninterest. Yeah. Tennis has always been good for that. I remember the Becker parents, I think, were always shown when Boris was was starting off and Steffi's you got for the, all the problems. You, you, got, the, the same, you, you yeah. got the family boxes, don't you? That's why, like, at football, yeah. it's so hard to pick out the parents. And that's why... And in fairness to Alfie, he's he's not sitting there Henman-esque. He's uh, enjoying the ride, which I think is, is nice to see. So, loads of texts in. Thank you very much. 53106. Listeners, never let you down, whether it's a Kenny Cunningham crossword or <laughs> what's that name? I can't... I didn't think, think they were great at the crossword, actually. Oh, they were straight in with the archer. That was the only one we threw to them. The oh, archer was good, yeah. It, they were straight, so yeah, yeah. yeah. They gobbled that up like lines. They get one wrong, but then it turned out they weren't wrong. It's just that Kenny had his yeah, other one wrong. A, de- <laughs> a shocking knock-on effect for Kenny. He had to realise the difference between an accomplice and accessory. <laughs> Let's not go back. Uh, so uh, loads of texts saying uh, Chad Laclos. Chad Laclos, thank you. So I think we're, this may or may not work. Pete's going to try and play this literally off YouTube. So give us a, this is with Claire Balding <laughs> after his boy had done, a, done good. Is Chad's father, Bert. My word, what a performance! Unbelievable! 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 And they'll be slapping my lap. And it's something undescribable, undescribable. I mean, to what happened tonight is like I died with to heaven, and if whatever happens to my life now, it's plain sailing. It's plain sailing. And there is your boy down there. I think he could hardly believe it, not just that he's won the gold medal, but that he's beaten Michael Phelps. Wow, this is a. This is unbelievable, look at it. And it's beautiful. Look at this. What a beautiful boy. Look at him. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Come on, Guyana. Tell us a bit about Chad and when. Ah, uh, there we go. Bert Lacloth. Beautiful Chad. That's, that, I mean, that's that is, lovely. Isn't that cool? I do remember that now yeah, you say yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I love Claire Bowling's laugh there as well. Yeah. She's just fantastic at that. Uh, broadcasting, not laughing. Can I ask you a question? No, he got into the minute. He didn't even get points for <laughs> 140 in the arse. No way you're 140 IQ. 
Off the Ball. Weekdays from 7 pm on OTB Sports Radio. Who's Club Lang, lads? Says Jason Nimick. Don't start on. No, we're done with the, the the analogy was on thin ice to begin with. Uh, lads, if Roy Keane hadn't injured Alfie, then we wouldn't even remember who he was. Says Darren Westport. Like the likes of me and Richie would. Absolutely. But would. I'd say you'd have forgotten him. Why do you think that? Am I not? Because you you just don't commit those pointless <laughs> things to memory. Like, I really do. You, do. do you remember David Hopkins? <laughs> no. Because David Hopkins Injured. and Alfie yeah. Hallam were about the same level. Similar era. Similar enough yeah. era. They both played yeah. for Leeds. Yeah. I feel I'd have a better stab at 90s than Alfie's era. Which was... These are 90s. 90s. <laughs> early 2000s. Early 2000s. Uh, 97 was when Keane yeah. did his cruise shit, like. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. I guess Alfie was there then. <laughs> he very much was. <laughs> <laughs> Shouting at uh, him to get up. Dear. Yeah. That was, so, why, that was such a... It was so obvious Keane had done something bad there. The way he went over, the limp, the initial, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, jeez, yeah. down. Lads, don't forget how good Max Verstappen is compared to his dad, who the camera cuts to a lot, says... Uh, Yoss Verstappen. Says Joe. Yoss. Yeah. Like, I kind of remember Yoss Verstappen and sort of right at the end of when I kind of watched Formula One and then didn't pay attention for a long time. And then this kid, Max Verstappen, comes in, but I don't know all the story about him. I just see that he's won a race or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, he couldn't still be there. You know, that sort of, I didn't, yeah. I didn't put it together that I had literally aged 20 years in the meantime. Yeah. And this kid had come in. I thought it was six, seven years later. Eamon and Kildare, surely Clive Allen's 49 goal record in the old Division 1 in serious danger from Allen now. Yeah. How many games do they play in the old Division 1? That was 49 in all comps, I think, that season. Clive Allen's was 49 all comps? Yes. Oh, well, yeah. that, well, that, yeah. I mean, well he already has 20 he'll blow away he'll hit 50 in all comps I think he was 33 in- that year no he has 17 doesn't he sorry what's the interesting over underline in the Premier League now like would you put it at 40 but I don't I don't see why not I mean he's got 14 in is it 8 games or 7 games and like you don't look There's he's going to have games where he doesn't score and he might miss a few games as well like I mean let's face it Guardiola's not going to play him in every game. He might oh, get an injury here and there. I would just but, say he does have a month off during the World Cup. Yeah, like, yeah. this like to I mean, train like Ivan Drago. He's going to go and take. He'll take a week off, put his feet up, get some sun, come back and do a fresh preseason, and all the others arrive home with a World Cup hangover. And he's like, mm. I'm, I'm raring to go. So, but he just feels like the 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 Villa game a couple of weeks ago. City were poor in that game, right? And yeah. he didn't play well. He wasn't really part of the game, but he got a chance and he scored. Yeah. I just feel like that that's going to happen nine times out of ten. And then four or five times out of those ten games, he's going to have a day like yesterday, like do where you, he gets two or three say, or four. Would you? Uh, he'll score another two hat-tricks minimum this Premier League season. Yeah. So I think the line could be 40. Like, so Salah, as, a, as an over-under, I, I, I think he'll get 40. Is the, is the line 45? You know, to make you really, oh. Yeah. Something will happen. It's not going to be like this. 40. It's not going to be, be September 40. football forever. There's going to be like. Why are we, are you can be a perfect season. Messi and Ronaldo had those freak years yeah, in the league. Yeah, that's true as well. What would only, you put, only one, looking at the lines here, only one person has done 30 in the last 14 years. Salah. Suarez. And that was, it was, uh, it was Suarez in uh, 2014. Oh, no, Salah has the record, Rich, I think. I think uh, Salah, Salah has had 32 in 18. Okay. I think I, I googled it yesterday talking to Kenny Cunningham. I'll double check nope. that. I think I think Salah has the record thirty two and Andy Cole has hit thirty four. So I don't know. I'd I'd say you put the over underline at forty for him now. Yeah. 
I think he's going to be eight goals better than Salah was, as good as Salah was that year, because mm. this is just... Well, if, it, if again, barring injuries are like... It's just hard to see how not. It's hard. And in a performance like yesterday, which isn't a one-off, he doesn't even have to play that well to get a goal or two in a game. And that's going to be the difference, I think. No. Like, yeah, I, 40 goals, Jesus. It's all we Jesus. have left in this league that's of intrigue. That's, yeah, there's a texture saying something similar. Like, for all for all the excitement of it now, yeah. season's going to be over in a couple of weeks. But By March. Like, Arsenal are going to, like, as as exciting as it as it is, Arsenal aren't going to challenge Manchester City this season. No. In May. No. So, we'll press on. There is football this evening at home and Premier League. Rich? Yep. St. Pat's looking to turn up the heat on European rivals Dundalk tonight. The SSC or Tristy Premier Division. The Saints are away to Shelburne from 7.45. Knowing a win will move them to within two points of the Lilywhites. Third place, fourth in the first division tonight. Both of these sides pretty much assured of playoff spots. Waterford are away to Longford Town. A 7.45 start at Bishop's Gate. And the bottom two in the Premier League meet at the King Power. Both managers under severe pressure. Leicester is still waiting for their first win of the season ahead of the visit of Nottingham Forest. Kickoff there is a day. And one game in Serie A as well with a little bit of Irish interest. Festi Abaselli is on the bench for Udinese tonight as they take on Verona. Very good. Just double-checked it. So, yeah, Salah 32 in 18. That's the record. So, enjoy it while you can, Mo. <laughs> He's broken. Well, I tell you who's Mark. not going to break that this year, Mo Salah. Uh, yeah, well, I know you've. They got need to get Mo Salah off that right wing, standing uh, on the sideline. We've got. Uh, I know Richie's got some cloth later on in the newsroom, which we'll try and squeeze in. In the meantime, though, not great news for Vera Pau. Yeah, it's a, an injury hit build-up to this World Cup playoff. Uh, Jessica Zhu has been ruled out of the trip to either Scotland or Austria. Her place in the squad goes to former Shelburne teammate Kiva Keenan. Scotland and Austria meet on Thursday with Ireland travelling to the winner of that one on Tuesday week. Mm, not good news at all. She was very good, uh, Jessica Zhu, in the last game. And then Mannion, in, in the midst of his brilliant form, yeah, news of Paul Mannion's return to the Dublin panel tempered by an ankle injury. Kilmaco Croaks forward sustained the injury in their Dublin football quarter-final clash with Kula and had to undergo surgery. He wasn't involved in the semi-finals at the weekend. Mannion will be out of action as a result for three months. Yeah, big pity given his form. And then I mentioned Jurgen Klopp. So is he talking today, presumably, ahead of Champions League? Yeah, playing Rangers tomorrow and Klopp says Liverpool need to be more compact in defence. Saturday's 3-3 draw with Brighton means they've conceded 14 times in just nine matches this season. They've back-to-back games with Rangers in the Champions League with their next two Premier League games coming against the top two, Arsenal and Manchester City. And Klopp concedes that there are issues that need addressing his defence. problem what we have is that we have a really brave way of defending, usually. Um, and... When the timing in our defending is not perfect, then we leave a gap open. That was always the case, by the way. But because the pressure we made on the ball, on the boy on the ball, um, it nobody really recognised it because, um, yeah, we close it with intensity, if you want. So if we don't do that, then this gap is open for a short moment. And um, Brighton uses it quite often, pass the ball through um, our gap in between the lines where they could turn and these kind of things and that makes it tricky so yes we have to be more compact we have to um, we have that in our mind we know that but it's in the moment it's going well you do it and then you do it again and the timing is still not right that's it so the, how we said last week I think defending is kind of an art and it worked for us uh, really long really well but when it's not working out anymore um, you realise step by step how much you have to go back to, to the basics that you that you are um, defence solid again 
So, uh, well, look, it's just not happening at Liverpool, is it? And I saw the theory being put out there, Rich, that Klopp you know, has never had to smash a team that he loves. And with him, you suspect it is personal and he does love some of these players. But mm-hmm. break a team up and rebuild it ruthlessly like a Ferguson or like uh, managers of longevity have had to do in the past. And that Liverpool team, certainly in midfield, needs tearing up very quickly. Yeah, midfield needs work. It uh, has done for a while. And I think that's probably where this, this issue lies because he talks about their... The defence gets caught out because the intensity of the pressing has, has dropped. And that starts in the front three and it definitely has to happen in midfield. And if it doesn't happen there, then their defence is in trouble. But at some stage, at 23 years of age, people like Trent Alexander-Arnold do need to learn how to defend. Yeah. For all that they do offer going forward, um, there comes a point where you have to realise, lad, you're right back. There are other issues that do go along with that and other uh, requirements that go along with playing in that position. And for whatever reason, if it's not going on board, if he's not taking it on board, if they've no real issue with how he's playing, uh, then that's theirs to kind of bear at the moment, but it's costing them. And yeah. there's loads of players in that team who are underperforming. Virgil van Dijk has been poor, but again, he's probably been left exposed by the midfield. Um, Salah has been uh, so underwhelming so far this season. Darwin Nunez yet to play properly this season, at least in terms of a, a decent run of games. <sighs> They've got, they've got problems everywhere. Yeah, they've got problems everywhere, and, and, and none of them, none of them are going to be solved overnight. So there are going to be these occasional conversations we have gone, Jesus, that was a terrible performance the other night. They'll probably do be be okay to get into European football, but already I think getting the top four could well be a struggle for them this year. Yeah, season. and and Klopp made a, a brilliant defence of Alexander Arnold during the build up to the weekend, and he made some very fair points in it about the demands he puts in. Alexander Arnold and his positioning and he's not he's more than just your typical right back and it was very convincing but also if we're being honest there are frailties there that he's you know trying to skirt by and even one of the Brighton goals of the weekend Alexander Arnold just has to do better and sort his feet Mm. out and and react better in one-on-one situations there's a reason he's not in the England team for all the points Klopp uh, makes there's a text in I treble captained Haaland in fantasy the one day he didn't score is unfortunate and then Dixie Dean I guess being mentioned 60 goals in 42 games yeah Dixie Dean good player <laughs> played for Sligo <laughs> never saw him play myself then I'm a little bit young yeah. but uh, 16 42 not bad statue yeah. outside Goodison what, Dixie Dean. what year was that in the 20s like 27 or oh. maybe something like that yeah it's like again just just a little bit I, I was thinking we could do like a on the back of Haaland an eyewitness account of Dixie Deans but no I could be wrong for all I know Dixie Dean I could be 20 30 years off there but I'm pretty sure it was in the 20s Dan Sheen has five tries in two matches so far as is her uh, texture <laughs> what's the over under on Dan Sheen and URC tries this year I don't know uh, so uh, one last point um, Ten Hag Ronaldo this was like very much the focal point of Roy Keane and Micah Richards Afterwards, Keane felt it was very disrespectful to leave Ronaldo on the bench for the entire game. Uh, Ten Hag, a pretty interesting answer as to why, Rich. Yeah, he says Cristiano was left on the bench yesterday to save him from embarrassment. United lost 6-3 away to Manchester City, having been 4-0 down at halftime. Two late goals from substitute Anthony Martial added some respectability to the scoreline, but Ten Hag was asked afterwards why the 37-year-old was left on the bench. I I, I wouldn't bring him in because we are 4-0 down uh, out of respect uh, for for Cristiano for for his big career, and and the other thing uh, there was then the advantage it could, I could bring Anton uh, Anthony Martial he needs the minutes, um, uh, but I I don't want to point it out like that. 
yes, as a team, to, to defend. And I, I tried to explain right, that we, uh, you have to be front foot and you have to be good in possession. And when you don't do that well, the two elements of football, uh, they, the opponent is dictating, is dominant, and enter in the box. Yeah, and then strikers like Erling Haaland, uh, they have a threat, clear. Fellas, we're out of time. Rich, thanks very much. Nice, lad. Michael, thank you. Cheers, lads. Thank you.